Professor Peter Guthrie, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School podcast series today. What do you mean when you talk about energy efficiency and the built environment? And why do you think it is the poor relation of cutting carbon emissions? Well, the built environment is really everything that uh, is in our urban form. It's about buildings and everything that supports those buildings, and it doesn't really include transport. And energy efficiency is about trying to get the amount of energy required to keep that built environment functioning properly down to a minimum level. The reason that it's the poor relation of cutting carbon emissions is because it's so difficult to uh, change behaviour and to uh, get the different technologies in place and to try and get efficiencies achieved in in the buildings in in a way that um, is effective because it's very difficult to retrofit um, certain techniques and to get people to behave as you would want them. Yes, because it seems that it's built on two principles. One, getting individuals and householders to change or adapt their behaviour and look for different things in building design. And the others is to deal with, quite frankly, a great deal of bureaucracy from local planners to to government and and to other officials. Are those the kind of barriers that you have to overcoming energy efficiency in buildings? I think it's probably fair to say that the policy environment has improved greatly in in, uh, recent years, but what has been a a surprise is the degree to which behaviour has been almost intractable. So that when uh, energy efficiency increases, behaviour changes to compensate for that. So our homes, for example, we keep our homes at a much higher temperature than we did 40 years ago because energy is relatively cheaper uh, and Uh, homes are much more energy efficient. With central heating, we heat every room in a house rather than just the rooms that we occupy. And the uh, sort of average temperature that we seek is about 20 degrees compared to maybe 15 degrees a few years ago. Now, three quarters of the buildings in the UK were built before 1975. And the vast majority of these um, will still be here in 2050. So it's not just about new building. First of all, we've got to start by adapting these very old buildings which weren't energy efficient. There's a huge amount of uh, concentration on the new build and in a way that's the right thing uh, to do in its own way because we've got to get right the buildings that we put up from now on. But as you say, the amount of uh, building stock that's out there uh, which was uh, uh, built in the past and is not going to be taken down at least before 2050 that's the great sink for energy consumption and there are lots of technical uh, solutions about how to improve the um, energy performance of these buildings Um, but the barriers are enormous because houses are generally privately owned Uh, people are not necessarily going to see a payback for the efficiency measures that they might put in it might change the appearance of buildings Uh, And, of course, there's often a uh, discrepancy between who occupies the building and who pays for the energy. You're talking about tenants there or or perhaps, you know, other family members in in a household. But but do you think it's rather like the health advice that one of the reasons that individuals can't adapt is because, you know, they're told red wine's good for them one week, no, it's bad for them, sugar's good for them, no, it's bad for them. Actually, apart from loft insulation, and, and, you know, there have been grants for that for the past 20 years, we're not doing very much. We don't always know what to do as the householder. I don't think it's quite in the same league as uh, conflicting health advice because I think we are fairly clear about um, how to make 
buildings more uh, energy efficient. But the the problems arise from, for example, the loft insulation is quite an interesting uh, example where grants may be available for insulating your loft, but the amount of uh, difficulty that a lot of people experience from having to clear out the loft to be able to put the insulation in is a major barrier to them actually going ahead and doing it. And um, the, the more sophisticated energy-efficient uh, measures on cladding of buildings and so on is going to have quite a radical uh, effect on the way that buildings appear and the way that they operate. And people are quite conservative in the way that they see the, the way in which they want their buildings to perform. So is it then in the hands of the local planners or central government to g us all up a bit, to say, come on, you know, we've got this old housing stock in modern Britain, let's all have a week when we insulate and reform our homes to make them more energy efficient? I think government, um, of course, they have a role to play and uh, they, they are uh, moving forward quite, um, in quite an impressive way with building regulations and a number of many other policy instruments. But I think it's a much broader front that we've got to work on. We're doing research here in Cambridge with uh, Grosvenor, uh, who are a major property owner and property developer. And they see that they have a distinct role to play in influencing the way in which buildings are operated, trying to get over the landlord and tenant um, problem where uh, landlords often uh, have responsibility for the um, building itself and tenants have to pay for the energy and then subtenants don't pay for the energy. All of those rather difficult contractual issues really do need to be addressed, and those aren't necessarily policy uh, or the responsibility of government. I think it's going to be across a very, very wide front um, of players who are all going to participate, including, of course, the changing of public attitude to energy wastage. And, and do you think sort of the Cambridge Centre for Energy Studies working hand-in-hand hand with the property group Grovesner will help, you know, sort of to develop public policy? I, th I think it's got a real uh, opportunity. We have a real opportunity here because I in amongst the uh, group that's working on this, um, we have the, uh, um, a number of public bodies, including Westminster City Council and the GLA, uh, and some major consultants who are going to all be able to bring very different uh, perspectives to bear and to see ways in which we might be more innovative in changing behavior and uh, linking new technologies on retrofit to um, get um, changes in performance that really make a difference. And, and are there technological barriers to those changes in performance? We've talked about human behaviour, government policy at a local and central level, but what about the technological barriers? You know, is the technology getting better, not just in terms of new build, because clearly it is, but also in terms of re reforming these old buildings? I think in material in materials terms, there's lots of new uh, materials that are very exciting and uh, perhaps the technology has slightly gone ahead of uh, practice on that. Where technology might deliver really quite radical change is in being able to monitor, measure and display uh, the way in which energy is being used for occupants because behaviour can be changed if people are given higher levels of information. Just different information, an information campaign, almost like we had during the war, about what to eat and being frugal now in economic terms. Does it all fit in with this new public feeling of, of you know, we've got to save and pinch our pockets a bit? Well, I think we're probably less suggestible and less malleable than we were uh, in the 40s. But I think what we might be more um, 
driven by is being given real-time information by, for example, meters which are visible to everybody, uh, sub-metering in individual rooms on individual appliances. The, the sort of um, uh, display of uh, energy consumption of individual uh, elements in a household, for example, or even in an office environment, might very well uh, change the way in which people uh, use energy. They would be more inclined to switch off those things which are using more energy. And what about comparing the UK with Europe? Uh, how do we compare? Uh, are we good at energy, uh, cutting these energy emissions from buildings, or, or do you think we could do better? Well, of course we could do better, and there are European countries that do better than we do. Uh, but I think we need to be careful not to be too... Uh, self-critical in this respect. Uh, European countries uh, all have different climate and uh, demographic arrangements and there is v it's very difficult to directly compare one country with another. So, so now we've, we've looked at, at how the Cambridge Centre for Energy Studies is working with the property group at Grovesner uh, and we've talked about public policy and, and the actions of individuals. But really, if you had a pie chart, how much difference can all these adjustments, all these changes make to cutting carbon emissions in our environment? Well, the work done by the Carbon Trust shows that um, at least 40% uh, of our emissions uh, could be uh, affected now with known technologies and a large percentage of that is about uh, energy, improved use of energy and improved energy efficiency. So these are big numbers. It's not We're not fiddling at the edges here. Improving energy performance in the built environment is a very major contributor, could be a very major contributor to uh, reducing carbon emissions. And then Prince Charles has talked about 100 months to save the world in terms of, of global warming and cutting carbon emissions. Do you think that you can bring these policy changes on both old buildings and new buildings and the technology into play in time? I think it's a very uh, useful um, mnemonic, this 100 months to save the world. And, and I think that we are working, because we're working directly uh, with people who have a large built estate, uh, we do actually have the possibility to deliver within the time frame that's set here. The Centre for Energy Studies, and indeed our work in the engineering department as well, uh, is very closely connected with changing behaviour on a real-time basis and not looking uh, only into blue skies research. This is applied research where we intend to be able to affect making a difference uh, in short order. Professor Peter Guthrie, thank you very much indeed uh, for talking to Judge Business School podcast series today. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you very much.